Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday. I'm Anita Helm. I'm the wife of Pastor William Helm from Resurrection Baptist Church in Reston, Virginia in the United States. You know, today, I'm not a big uh, Facebook person. I, I watch the feed sometime. And for my own group, Milkshake Monday, the biggest thing I do is prepare for the Monday teaching and I'll add different people to the group. Well, today I started scanning through the news feed of the actual Milkshake Monday group. And I was so touched because there were so many different languages and videos of people who were sharing the message of the Lord Jesus Christ all around the globe. And it touches me because sometimes I think we have a perspective of all that's happening in our little piece of the puzzle. But God is so big and he's so grand that he has his message going around the entire world. And only until that last time when he decides that everybody's heard the message of Christ, will he come and descend for the rapture and call us home for those of us who are still here. So tonight I just wanted to say hallelujah, highest praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. We just celebrated the Resurrection Sunday and that really excited me more than I think everything this weekend did, just to see all of the tongues and nations praising the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for the people who start with me early, I know a lot of people start like 10, 15 minutes in, but for those of you who are here at the beginning, I want to read something to you because the teaching tonight in episode 139 says, what's up with our fishing? Now, we all know that scripture in Matthew 4 that we're supposed to be fishers of men, that we're supposed to be evangelizing and taking the message of Jesus Christ to the people that are all around us. And we're going to have a lot of talk. And at first, when I put the Milkshake Mandy announcement, I put, what's up with your fishing? But God convicted me and said, hey, hey, Anita, what's up with our fishing? Because all of us are accountable to teach and to share the message of Christ to all that God and the Holy Spirit bring into our path. But I wanted us to read out of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Because from the time we are young to the time we're old, and I'm in the middle. I want to say I'm in my 50s, and I hope I'm in the middle. Because I can't see half the time the tiny print, and things are starting to ache on me that never ached before. And my mom is 91, so I know that she got to be going through some things. But as we read Ecclesiastes 12 in the New Living Translation, I want y'all to just put yourself in that perspective, and I want you to think about the work of Christ and your work of Christ, what you got going on in your life. And I'm not talking about yesterday and the past, but we're talking about the now. And what if God blesses you for tomorrow? What do we got going on that's so important that we're not putting the message of Jesus Christ forefront? We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are losing lives. We have to get serious about the message of Christ. So what's up with your fishing? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12. It says, don't let the excitement of being young cause you to forget about your creator. Honor him in your youth before the evil years come. When you'll no longer enjoy living, it will be too late then to try to remember him when the sun and light and moon and stars are dim to your old eyes 
and there is no silver lining left among your clouds. For there will come a time where your limbs will tremble with age, your strong legs will become weak, and your teeth will be too few to do their work, and there will be blindness too. Then let your lips be tightly closed while eating when your teeth are gone, and you will waken at dawn with the first note of the birds, but you yourself will be deaf and tuneless with quivering voice. You'll be afraid of heights and falling, a white-haired, withered old man dragging himself along without sexual desire, standing at death's door and nearing his everlasting home as the mourners go along the streets. Yes, remember your creator now while you're young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the gold bowl is broken, before the pitcher is broken at the fountain and the wheel is broken at the cistern. Then the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. All is futile, says the preacher, utterly futile. But then, because the preacher was wise, he went on teaching the people all he knew. I'm going to repeat this again. Because the teacher was wise, he went on teaching the people all he knew, and he collected proverbs and classified them. For the preacher was not only a wise man, but a good teacher. He not only taught what he knew to people, but taught them in an interesting manner. The wise man's words are like goads that spur to action. They nail down important truths. Students are wise who master what their teachers tell them. But my son, be warned. There is no end of opinions ready to be expressed, studying them can go on forever and become very exhausting. Here is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commandments, for this is the entire duty of man. For God will judge us for everything we do, including every hidden thing, good or bad. Now you could say, Sister Helm, why do you need to read all that tonight? When you start to understand what's up with our fishing, you're going to see some things that I hope you go back and reflect in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's start from the beginning. We always go to use Christ as our example because we're going to be in the story of after the resurrection, Christ is going to find his disciples in fear. He's going to find them twice locked in a room and you can read this in John 21. And he's going to tell them that they need to go out and evangelize and go share and do what he told them from the beginning when he met them. Follow him and become fishers of men. He would make them fishers of men. And after three years of his ministry, they found themselves after his crucifixion that they were in such fear that twice he had to come to them behind a locked door. Well, I'm not going to talk about the two times that they were in fear. I want to see when they decided to go back to their first livelihood, their profession, and they went to go fishing. Because when Christ finds them, which we're going to start where he finds them, you're going to find out that sometimes when you get yourself off track, you go back to the familiar, the comfortable, the things that you know. But Christ has already told you, I want you to do something different for my kingdom. I want you to utilize what youth you still have 
And I know some of y'all will say, I am not youthful. Well, right now you're not dead. So you're as youthful as you're going to be in this moment in time. So let's start in Matthew chapter four. We'll start at verse 17. Now I'm giving you some answers to the end of the story. We're starting with fishermen who are on the Sea of Galilee. But when we get to John, we're going to be at the Sea of Tiberias. Both of them are seas. They're bodies of water. And if any of you know anything about fishing, I don't know anything about fishing other than to eat it. But people who grow up around fishermen and have fishing businesses, they know all the ins and outs, where to fish, when to fish, how to fish, what tools to, what bait, everything. Well, Christ is going to turn everything upside down because what they think they know about fishing for little fishies, he's going to talk about doing it in the sense of going out to have a communication and using your gifts and what the Spirit is giving you to share the message of Jesus Christ, to hook people on the love of God. So we find them where many of us are. We're at the familiar place, we're at our jobs, wherever God finds us. So verse 17 of Matthew 4 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Now, I'm telling you things in advance, so when I read it at the end, you're not going to be surprised. There are two brothers. First set is Peter and Andrew. But when I go to the end, I'm going to see if you realize who's not in the story when we talk about John 21. We got Peter and Andrew, and Andrew's called the introducer because it was Andrew who brought that little boy that had the two fishes and five loaves when they needed to feed the 5,000. So Andrew and Peter are there, and they're fishermen. So they're telling you what you need to know. Now, here we go. First, let's start at verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Some translation says, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to instruct you, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. You don't have that ability now. And what's up with our fishing? is that some of us think we know how to fish for men without God, without the instruction of Jesus Christ, without the word of God. We're doing it in our own flesh. We're doing it through programs. We're doing it through entertainment. We're doing it in our tricks of what we see the world doing in their marketing. And it doesn't work. We have to allow Christ to teach us how to make and how to grow and how to share and how to be fishermen of men. And when I say men, I'm doing it pejoratively like men and women, little boys and children and girls. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. So I want y'all to understand something. When we often hear that at the end of the crucifixion, I'm going fishing. Youth used to think, oh, they're just going in a little boat. They're just going to have some recreational fishing. No, they went back to their jobs. They went back, and you're going to find they didn't just fish for an hour, like a two or three, like some people will do when they go to their fishing pond or their fishing hole. They went because they were going back to their businesses to do the work of being a fisherman for fish, not fishers of men. So I want you all to understand, daddy 
and the sons of Zebedee was in the fishing business. And he saw his two sons leave to go with a man he's never seen. And they, all he's saying is, follow me. His two sons, part of the family business, have just left. Peter and Andrew have just left. And you see, I'm going to show you all something in a minute. So, they, verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Now, what's up with our fishing? Christ has shown these men who he's called thus far. He's taken them place to place, showing them that he's teaching and preaching, and they should be absorbing what he's teaching and preaching. Just like when we go every Sunday and we hear Reverend Helm and Reverend Watts teach there's something that we should be absorbing. We should have ears to hear so that we can grow and develop and be able to teach and proclaim Christ to the people that God sends to us in our path at the grocery store, at the, the place where you're getting your gas, when you go to work, when you find yourself outside at your neighbor's going to get the mail, when you go to wipe your car down, wherever you have a situation where you're out, even in the midst of the pandemic with your mask on, there will be times that God's Holy Spirit will have people come. But guess what? When things get tight, you get frustrated. And I want y'all to see before I leave Matthew, because Matthew 4 shows when they were called, but I want y'all to see something that happened in Matthew 19. When Peter and the fellas heard Jesus teach about something, they threw back in Christ's face like some of us do. That when we think that we're doing a lot, when we think that we've stopped doing some of our fun activities and things we want to do, we throw back in God's face. Haven't we left the things that we want to do that we were doing to follow you and, and you up there saying stuff that we think is mean and are probably offending us sometime? But look what Peter says to Jesus Christ. Go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. Now, Christ is just talked and you have to look at what he's talking about. Read the whole thing for yourself in Matthew 19 and get to 27 and see how Peter throws back at Christ something. Now, we're a long way from Matthew 4. Matthew 27 says, Then Peter answered and said to him, meaning Jesus Christ, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? He's kind of saying to Christ, What's up with what you're talking about? What do you mean what you just proclaimed? We, we just left everything for you. And you have the nerve to be talking about us and everybody else when we've left all to follow you? And sometimes that attitude creeps into our ministry. You don't have to be a preacher. You can be in the pulpit. You can be in the, the pews. You can be at the door. You can be in security. You can be at the treasury, wherever you are. Christ has, is delivered and said, repent for the kingdom of his hand. We are grateful and gracious that he has even saved us. But don't find yourself in an arrogant posture like the Pharisees and the chief priests and the Sadducees, where we think we all that. We got the tassels at the bottom and people should be praising us and, and God should be thankful of all that we're doing. 
We are filthy rags, and only because of Jesus Christ do we even have salvation. Well, I want y'all to go to John 21. The reason why I want us to see some things in John 21 is because it's easy for us to get our attention focused on the fear that's around us, the exhaustion, the tiredness, whatever we think we got going on that's not about the things of God, but it's about the things of our flesh, the things that are going on in our family, the things that are going on at work, all the stuff that's coming at us. And then we're like, I really don't want to do what Christ says. Christ gives the great commission out of Matthew 28. I, I really don't want to be about that. When it comes to fishing, a lot of us are trying to fish in the church fishbowl that we're in. We want to go and take some, some fish from that church congregation and take some fish from that church congregation and say how our stuff is so great and so exciting and so interesting. But we're not fishing through the people who are unsaved and need to hear the good news of Christ. We're trying to fish to the people that are already caught. And Christ went from place to place in Matthew chapter four. And you saw that he was delivering through his power and the power of the Holy Spirit. Those that were sick and those who were paralytic and those who were epileptic and all those different diseases and sicknesses and, and problem areas. He didn't say go from church to church. He wants us to go out and to share the message of Christ. But here we are in Matthew 21. And Matthew 21, Christ has already come two times before that I mentioned behind the locked door. And we always talk about doubting Thomas and all the things that are going on. But I want y'all to understand that even in some of the scriptures, as you read, that when Mary went to see Christ in his actual tomb, that one of the scriptures says that after they went there, the guys went back to their own houses. They didn't go and they start to have uh, a talk and teaching at the synagogues and proclaim who Christ was. They went back to their houses. And now Christ found them twice in a locked room because they were fearful. And now we got Peter and the boys saying, we're going to go fishing. But I want you to see the list of the people. So in John 21, verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. I want y'all to stop. Where's Andrew? Why wasn't Andrew uh, listed here? Because possibly Andrew understood when Christ came and talked to him twice before that they needed to be out introducing others to Christ to talk about repent for the kingdom of God was at hand. But here they say, verse three, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. And that's what some of us too, we do the same thing. We are influential in our own little circles of friends and family and what they see us doing or not doing for the things of God impacts them, influences them, directs them, guides them. God is guiding us to go out and to share. He says the harvest is ripe and ready, plentiful, but the labors are few, but our labor is so prioritized on what we want to do. What we feel like doing, you know, the great word, I feel like it. If I don't feel like it, I don't get up. If I don't feel like it, I don't go. If I don't feel like it, I don't say nothing. If I don't feel 
God didn't talk nothing about our feelings. He took all the agony and anguish on him and felt every crown of thorns on his head, slapping his face, pulling out his beard, being crucified with nails in his hands and his feet. He felt something, but we don't get any of that. And we don't feel like sharing the message of Christ. Now it says, I'm going fishing in verse three. And they said, we're going with you. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, that's why I said, this wasn't no, this ain't no fun sailing event where they're going to throw some lines out and get out there for two or three hours. Not many people are out there at night and going into the morning. It says, go into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Here's some issues what's going on with our fishing. First of all, God didn't tell us to go fishing for fish. He told us to fish for people. We're fishing, doing our own thing and not fishing for the right things. We're fishing for a husband. We're fishing for a wife. We're fishing for a new job. We're fishing for some new clothes. We're fishing for some, some this and some that, some treasure here, some treasure there. And Christ is saying, I'm asking you to fish for the people who are lost and will go to hell. I'm asking you to share the good news. I'm asking you to do the very work that I'm asking you to do. But when you find yourself fishing for what you want to do, where you want to go, who you want to take with you, you don't even recognize Jesus Christ because you're not looking, you're not seeking him, you're not studying his word. They didn't recognize Jesus Christ because he didn't ask them to be on a boat fishing for fish. And guess what? They were not successful in what they were doing. It was only when Christ got on the scene. And some of us are trying to do things outside the will of God, outside of what he's asking us and directing us to do. And we're not being successful in our ministries because the ministry is about something other than Jesus Christ and the good news of what he said he would teach and instruct and make us to know and understand through the word of God and through the spirit of God. The pandemic has stripped us from all of this excess stuff of entertainment and we're down to the word of God through the spirit of God, the praise of the almighty God. It doesn't matter if you got a, a church and a church van and a bus and a plane and all this stuff. Do you have the good news of Christ? Are you fishers of men? Are you fishers of your own praise and your own pomp and your own circumstances like the Pharisees, the chief priests? So here they didn't even recognize who Christ was. And Christ has to show them about fishing. He knows how to fish. And he's going to show them, I know how to fish. But I'm not here because of the fish. I'm here because of the souls that will find themselves in the lake of fire with Satan and all the hosts of demons that rebelled against God. I'm trying to save souls so they can go in heaven and be with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you are in here fishing in your comfort zone, being about your business and not about the Father's business. So he's going to show them about fishing the right way. And I want you to see, they go from none to multiples that almost break their neck, nets. But then I want y'all to see something interesting. Y'all saw, I'm going to read the scripture, but I want y'all to see things because sometimes you get so used to these stories that you miss some points. Christ is at the shore 
when the people bring the fish in. But when they get there, they already see fish, fish frying. Where did Jesus get the fish? Jesus didn't need them to go get fish for him. If he wanted fish, he can get fish here. He don't have to have us do some of the things that we think are so, you know, if we don't do it, it won't get done. Christ can get things done, but he's asking us, yield yourself, surrender yourself and your will during your youth like we saw in Ecclesiastes 12 and do the work of Christ. Do his work. It's not that he can't tell everybody at one time through a megaphone of the Holy Spirit, sing it once, all about, but he's called us to individually go out and share the message of the truth of who he is. It says here, verse four, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Therefore, that the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from the land and about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. Y'all catch that? They're dragging fish. Peter didn't, they said Peter put his outer garment on. It didn't say Peter grabbed a few fish. It says, but when they got there, there was already coal laid out, a fire going, and there was already fish laid on it. Did y'all see Jesus out there fishing? Jesus could provide everything he needs with coal and the fire and the fish on it before they bring the nets with the fish. It says, then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've just caught. So that just tells you they, they want the same fish. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And all there, although there were so many, the net was not broken. And then Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of them dared ask him, who are you knowing that it was the Lord? Do you notice that he had to tell them, throw that net on the right side. Some of us are trying to fish for the peoples of God, not asking the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to fish? You're already making decisions of what you're going to do, where you're going to go, how you're going to do it, and you haven't consulted the Almighty God and ask him, Lord, as I pray, as I read, as I study the things of God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to go? What words do you want me to come out of? All of it's going to come from the scriptures through the Holy Spirit, but we're going in our own flesh and we're wondering why we're not having the harvest that he said is ripe because we're doing things in our own flesh. Now, here's another thing I want us to be aware of. We're going to end this with Matthew 20. In the, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, he tells us to love one another. We just had that teaching. Reverend Watts, if you haven't seen the the from Palm Sunday to the crucifixion and the resurrection. You need to listen to that teaching. 
In loving one another, we should not have jealousy and envy when it comes to the things of God. We should be, hallelujah, excited, highest praise. When there's this one believer who comes and gives their life, they say the angels rejoice. Why can't we rejoice? I think that we have to be very careful when it comes to envy and jealousy, when it comes to evangelism and people giving their lives to Christ and people seeing numbers grow in one area of a congregation and not in the other. It's the Lord who gives the increase. It's not us. But there's a teaching in Matthew 20 that's talking about salvations and uh, the fact that we're getting our reward of salvation. And no matter if we know Christ for one day or 10 years or 20 years, but I want us to see because some of the same type of behaviors of the envy and the jealousy of this teaching that Christ is going to show is happening when it comes to us as believers seeing the, the blessings of what God is doing in others' ministries. It's never about us. And when we get so uppity and concerned and, and critical, we got to be careful that we're not being like these people who Christ is saying, even at the reward of salvation, that it doesn't matter when you get saved because the reward is to be with Christ. But some people, like you're going to see, took offense of what Christ was doing in the salvation. And I think there's still some people that take offense of how they see other ministries progressing. It's not ever about any pastor or bishop or church name this, church name that. It's all about Christ in his ministry. So let's start at Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. It will be very quick. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went again. He went out about the sixth and the ninth hour. He did likewise. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. We got that in some fishing right now. Some people have been fishing a long time, in ministry a long time. But we're not supposed to be weary. We're not supposed to be weary. We're supposed to be focused on the reward of our salvation and what Christ has called us to be. But here are these guys, they're complaining because they don't like what they're seeing. How is these people going to get the same reward as us? How are they able to do that when we've been doing it for 30 years? Why is their church growing? Why is that young whippersnapper being able to get all them kids over there and get all them adults and they're having all this and that? It's not about him. It's about the message of Christ. 
So verse 12 says, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to the last man the same as to you. It is not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things. Or is your eye evil because I'm good? So the last will be the first and the first the last. For many are called but few chosen. We have to believe that we love the Lord Jesus Christ. That we're, we're saved, praise the Lord, and all grace to God that he saved us because we were sinners. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, but God loved us enough to send us his son. But we have to be fishing according to the word of God, according to the spirit of God, and let the spirit of God lead us because he's touching people. It's not that the spirit of God is not touching. It says the word of God says the harvest is ripe. So that's truth. But the equal truth is, but the laborers are few. Because we have laborers who are focused on themselves. We have laborers who want to do it their way. We have laborers who think that they know better than God's word. That they want to improvise. That they want to say a little of this, a little of that. And because people are celebrities, we have to be careful not to follow after untruth. I see things that are, people are doing on networks. If you are not saying that the Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through the Son, and if you are up there adding stuff and subtracting stuff, and you're going to try to do it your own way, I don't care if you're a billionaire, millionaire, or you got two cents. It's the way of the living God. And we cannot fish but how Christ tells us to and that's with his word and through his spirit so if we want to ask ourselves i'm not saying you yourselves ourselves what's up with our fishing it's because a lot of us are fishing without the g at the end you know you see that little bumper i'm going i go fishing we're leaving god out we're leaving grace out we're leaving gratefulness out and we're leaving the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the word of God out. We need to put it all back and let the Lord Jesus Christ make us, instruct us how to be fishers of men. I pray that something has been helpful for you. I ask that each of us individually examine ourselves, talk to God, ask God what we can do to share the message of truth and his good news in accordance with his will, so that his will be done, not ours. Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless you.